Hello and welcome to Sports Arena and ReCW, your weekly look into ECW and your hardcore TV experience. That's what I did there. Um, this week we are back in 1995. It is the 21st of February as we look at ECW Hardcore TV episode 96. you got myself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by... I was going to say Silent J and Silent Griff, but then I realised that's a thing. J and Griff. <laughs> it's sort of a thing and probably not great for podcasts. Oh. Soon be popular. Um, yeah, this week is... Yeah, it's a lot of Shane Douglas. I mean, to be honest, if we knew this episode was there, if we'd done our due diligence and we knew this is what episode uh, 96 was... Mm-hmm. We probably didn't need to watch the other 95 episodes. Yeah. It did kind of, yeah. <coughs> well, about Shane Douglas, no. Well, at least the last yeah. 18 months. Since August 93, when I walked in and fuck you, Flair. So, evolution, quote unquote, is on the screen as we hear Shane Douglas's voice in the background. And Shane Douglas is talking about 18 months he's been in ECW. And how the first night in ECW he saw the talent and he knew he had to step up. Which took me to Google to find August the 24th, 1993. Shane Douglas's first show in ECW with said talent. Shane Douglas beat Donnie Allen and Harvey Resto. So the Super uh, super Destroyers beat the Suicide Blondes. Terry Funk battled the Canadian Wolfman. Do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Tito Santana beat Don Morocco for the ECW heavyweight title. Didn't the Wolfman um, take team partner with um, the Shah of ECW? Everyone has tag teamed with the Shah of ECW. That is true. I didn't really nail it down. I do apologise. Yeah, so that happened. And um, Eddie Gilbert and Dark Patriot beat JT Smith and Tommy Cairo. What have happened to all of them? wonder if we'll find out. Cairo's hmm. at a dentist. Should be. So, yeah, so that was the show that inspired him and made me think, wow, this is going to be amazing. Terry Funk, a guy that he later has a go at, Tito Santana, Don Morocco and the Super Destroyers. And he thought, wow. Um- wasn't his gimmick for because he, he came in with the the um, like ten thousand dollar challenge or something? Was it was it the fabulous Shane Douglas or something that he was the fantastic Shane Douglas? Yeah, I think I want to say fabulous. Fabulous feels like it's a thing. But um, yeah, so that that was his first opening show. So um, that was the roster that inspired him. He talks. And he knew. He knew. He talks father time. Now it catches up with people. And in 1995, Ric Flair is no longer the best. Which took I'm me... Glad he's got that off his chest. Which took me to the said Google now. machine. It's done. <laughs> and I was looking and Ric Flair went on to win another five world titles after 1995. I was going to say, just didn't... I thought, what about that? Like, hang on a second. Ric Flair's still got another 10 years, ain't he? WWE? I don't know what year he retired, but it was... Actually, probably 20 years. Was it 2011 you retired and came back? Uh, it's got to be around that, yeah. 2008, 2011, something like that. But yeah, like so... Evolution, even though this probably did influence Evolution, do you think it was a dig at him? 
Are they influence the future? part of evolution? I reckon. Influence, influence. So yeah, so Ric Flair went into winning another five world titles after that. He said that Hulk Hogan is nothing more than an entertainer, and's passed it. This took me to the Google machine, and just over a year later, Hulk Hogan formed a little-known group as the NWO. You'll never catch on. Which pretty much went on to change everything and led him to, years and years later, WrestleMania 18, having an absolutely iconic match with The Rock. But, you know, that's where we're at so far. They were the best in the 80s, and they're not so great now. He talks about Terry Funk, and we get a very brief highlight of a triple sleeper hold, which was exciting. I don't think we ever saw that footage before. What the... <laughs> It's out there. And there's no, not a lot of footage like we had seen over the episodes we've seen. I don't remember the triple sleeper hold. But then I don't think we ever saw that match in its entirety. I think we saw it in segments. Yeah, no, the triple sleeper hold was, was fairly well replayed. Yeah. That was, that was a... That was an over hearing. and over and over and over and over. Oh, uh, no. Silks when Terry Funk came in, he was on top of the throne and he knew it to take it away. But Funk didn't know it was time. <sighs> Which took me to um, Google and how Terry Funk had a great match at WrestleMania 14 with Cactus Jack against the New Age Outlaws and also headlined a certain pay per view called Barely Legal, which was um, 20 odd years old the other day. So I thought that was quite interesting. Are you talking about the. Um... The WrestleMania match that Sports Arena have also covered. I think we did a watch along with that, didn't we? I think we did. Oh, that's worth watching along with. It's in the archive. It's in the archive. <laughs> Subscribe. SoundCloud, iTunes, you can find it. Or Stitcher. Don't forget Stitcher. Or Stitcher. Don't forget Stitcher. Stitch you up. <laughs> um, they showed highlights of the night the lion was crossed. Yeah, that promo still doesn't make sense to me. The the I'm going to give you the belt, thank you. But then I'm going to take the belt. Well, I don't want your belt. Emotions were running high, weren't they? Yeah. They really were. That was the problem. Emotions are all over the place. But then he went on and he said, um, it was time to show his butt and that he could back it up with his mouth. Which I thought was an inspiring line. Time to show his butt could back it up with his mouth. So he's out there fighting again. Showed more highlights of him beating Funk. And then he beat Hulk, Pat Tanaka, Funk and even Sabu. And he lifted his left arm in the air. I think yes. his right arm was hurt, wasn't it? Yes. We then proceeded to get highlights of this. So we watched highlights of him taking on Hulk, Pat Tanaka and everyone else. Um... There's the NWA is dead. It's old, it's dried up, and tried to jump on Shane Douglas. Which reminds me, if you're into the NWA, they've got a great um, title match coming up with um, Nick Aldis and Marty Scarrell soon. So um, that's worth checking out, as it still goes. Um, took the... Um, 
took the credibility for ECW, basically becoming extreme because he threw down the belt and redid it. He said it's a dead sport and he's carrying the sport on his back all the way to the top. The WWE doesn't like what they're doing and the fans don't like it. It does all right. It has a bit of a boom period in a couple of years. If he stayed in WCW, everyone would be the unemployment line. Like I said, a year away from NWO, they, they turned it around. They did all right. He saw Doink, took his mask off and showed him the man that he was. Did For two, about two weeks. Did two For shows. Three episodes. Yep, and never came back. Um, they then showed the clip of him when he went into the club. And he said, it's my pleasure. And he said, oh, it's your pleasure. And the women just laughing in the background, saying, did I miss something? Um, he then went on to name every promotion he's been in, in order that he was in. Has another shot at Ric Flair. Says he hates him and everything he stands for. And Ric Flair will always wonder for the rest of his life, could he beat the franchise? This was the bit where he actually turned to the screen and declared that he was going to speak to Ric Flair personally about this, wasn't it? And not the interviewer. Do these yeah. two ever have a match? Well, Griff, back in Slambury 2000 in WCW, these two did eventually have a match. Was it any good and who won? Who do you think won? The fans. <laughs> I'd like to see, think Ric Flair. This match had 15 years of build. Didn't have five. But, uh, no, Shane Douglas won. Was it any good? Uh, no. Uh. I think they basically... They, they did a match, but I don't... I think they just thought it would be a sort of big money match, but they legit didn't really like each other. So, Flair didn't even wear like, a wrestling outfit. He just wore black trousers and a black top. Oh, seasonal promos, they do legitimately not like each other. There's no respect for each other whatsoever. They, they kind of work themselves into a shoe. So... It's hard to tell from the Shane Douglas side how much of it was him not liking him and how much of it was that he he was the, the figurehead to shoot at. And then allegedly because Shane Douglas just sat there bitching about him every single fucking week, uh, Ric Flair did get pissed off about it. <laughs> I think, didn't it come from, it stemmed from WCW, I think. Uh, Shane Douglas was having a match, and Shane Douglas like idolised Ric Flair or something. And uh, he, meet your idols. he he came back, and he said, "What did you think of my match?" And Flair said, "It was amazing." And Shane was just like, "What do you think of my drop kick?" And he goes, "Needs a little bit of work." He goes, "But it's looking really, really good." And Shane Douglas didn't throw a drop kick in the match. And that's when he lost all respect. Oh. And that's when he lost. It was something like that. The story's like you can find it, but I think it was something like that. Oh, that's pretty. Um, yeah. J Gate. Maybe just thought he threw a drop kick, and there's a misunderstanding. So yeah, then we and um, when he meets Tully, he's gonna teach him respect. Showed highlights of that, and all leading up to yeah, showed highlights of them actually wrestling. Yeah, which we haven't seen. Although he's not met him yet, because when he meets him, he'll teach him respect. But this is what they didn't they show highlights of them wrestling a couple of weeks ago? Was that wrestling or was that the fight? I thought they actually showed him having a match. And I thought Public Enemy gave away the match. I can't remember. Yeah, maybe. 
there's a whole big it's it's i think it's i think they have a second match so this is all leading up to him basically saying he's gonna fight marty Janetti, which completely <laughs> threw me out of nowhere <laughs> that threw me I, out i, I re round because I, I that wasn't the name i was expecting this whole massive 28 minute and 30 second promo is leading up to him going and marty Janetti. <laughs> for like what Take you've been a champion you everywhere you've been AWA and WWE, wasn't it? Yeah, he was the former Intercontinental Champion. And he just like, I was like, wow, okay. But, um, yeah. Then he calls out Flair and Hogan again with a little final shot and it ends with another shot at Marty. And that was it. We get the show intro. 28 minutes and 37 seconds. I didn't mind it. Of a 42-minute oh. show. Yeah, I know. I, I just wanted it to end. It was, it was definitely too long. But again, they were trying to be different. I'm a massive Shane Douglas fan. Um, like I said, I found some of his comments like funny just purely based on history. But I understand what he was doing at the time. The only thing I can think of, obviously, is back then we didn't have the luxury of um, what we have now. Like, okay, we had the internet, but basic internet. Um, we didn't have... Probably basic YouTube in '95. Oh, I figured. I mean, but, like, so I'm guessing um, for brand new for brand new people watching, this is our champion. Let's invest. We, we, our ratings are going up a little bit. Let's invest half hour, and let's show them who our champ is and a bit of a history. That's the only thing I can think of, because he mentioned Muhammad Ali and all this, and just he seemed to mention loads of people, but. Not a lot of people on the active roster. It just seemed to kind of. No, it was all about him and trying to make him the, you know, what the the term franchise meant. So he was referring to Ali being kind of the the greatest boxer in the world and having to to give it up to the premier athlete in Mike Tyson and um, uh, Gretzky was mentioned as well and. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, it just spent. It felt like it spent a lot of time um, pushing the competition. Yep. So a huge amount of time talking about what WCW were doing, even more than WWE. But a huge amount of time about what WCW were doing, and you know, Ric Flair and and Hulk Hogan and blah blah blah. Um, uh, a little bit kind of weird in some of the stuff that they. Uh, that he kind of hung his hat on. So, you know, the doink stuff, for instance, and I took the clown and showed the wrestler underneath. Yeah, it didn't really work out that well. So I don't know why that's such a a point for you to hammer home in so many promos because it turned out he was better when he was in the cartoon. I just think the whole thing would have worked better if they split it up a bit and had, like, I don't know, half the speech and then have the match and then the rest of it. I yeah. have it all in one chunk. Yeah, could have just kept just going back to him backstage, almost like exactly a different part of the franchise chapter every time they went back. I think that would have killed me. At least there was something about him being there and talking about it. This whole kind of back to the franchise while he's still in the back talking about his history of would have just absolutely destroyed me. <laughs> well, this destroyed me how it was. I was just like, yes, and then the intro came me. on. That's, I'm like, okay. Acceptable now, losses. Now. Like okay, now the episode can start. Like how long's left? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a very in-depth history 
of everything. Um, yeah, just it was it, it was a, a, a different way to tell a story, not necessarily a good way to tell a story. I mean, imagine, I, I guess maybe they get to a stage where they, they were picking up more fans at this stage and they wanted to give a backstory or... But, um, yeah, yeah, if you're watching aren't available, this... as Griff was saying, you can't just go back and find this stuff. Yeah. But... but on the same level, if you've waited all week for this one episode of ECW, you so would I'd just... imagine this would, be, this would have adverts as well in the middle of all this. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And it would be like, yeah, it'd always be an hour episode. The time slot was probably so ridiculous, like two in the morning at this stage. So it wouldn't have been prime time. And you just kind of, this, this is what you get, just... Uh, this is a cool promo, but it's just a fucking long promo. Yeah. A very long. So, yeah, like Griff said, we get the show intro. Um, Joey runs down the card for the 25th of February. Yeah, you got the Rottens against each other. you got Mike Gennetti versus Shane Douglas. Um, a few other bits. Looks pretty decent cards. Hopefully we get the Mighty Genetti match in a couple of weeks. I'm up for that. And then we get to the ring. We have Stevie Richards with Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. Um, apart from the ending, any bits about this match? Um, Not during it, really. The only things I got was um, I didn't quite understand what Dreamer was wearing. Got that this notes. was a very different look for him. Um, so he is wearing a T-shirt and uh, trunks rather than long trunks. Um, so uh, very odd. And then when his shirt is taken off, um, he does look as if he's uh, uh, baby Rusev. Well, Daddy Rusev. Uh, my, so it, it was a bit weird. My um, my comments in his post uh, match promo was I basically put, he's saying everyone can kiss his ass while wearing a nappy. <laughs> I, I just felt it looked like a, a black nappy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did really enjoy his um, counter to the Stevie kick, though. Yeah, so basically the match was so. So the end of the match came when Stevie Richards went for the Stevie Kip Dreamer. Uh, basically took a back bump, dropped straight to his back, punched Stevie in the balls, then pinned him. Yep. Which I thought was pretty good. And, um, yeah, that was basically the end of that match. After the match, um, Dreamer then grabbed the mic as um, the other two, as you know, after the match, basically Raven got in the ring and started staring at Dreamer. Stevie and the ref sort of pulled him back and they weren't sure if he really needed to pull him back or what have you. Dreamer grabs the mic and before he starts talking, the whole crowd are chanting pussy at Raven for walking off. That it... was cut right, like, because Raven was out of the ring and literally like a second shot later, he was standing in the ring. It didn't seem to flow like where he could. I actually had to watch it twice to see when Raven could have climbed in the ring, but then all of a sudden he was just there. Basically, yeah. It was almost like a lights off, lights on situation. Vatch turned the lights off. Um. Yeah. 
it was just all like uh, I I don't know, bit bit bored of the whole Raven thing at the moment. I know he goes on to be um like a legend, not liking like the no participant kind of bit at the moment. Does that make sense? Um that does make sense. Makes a lot of sense. But um... it did like make me for the first time I did actually like Google what he was in WWE because they mentioned he's in WWE and managing, the and Quebecers. I was like, I was like, oh wow, I actually remember that guy. I did not know that guy was Raven. I did not know they were the same person. Yeah, he did oh, a lot. Johnny of... Polo. Yeah, Johnny Polo's. He's got it for me. I kept on hearing this Johnny Polo, but it meant nothing to me. But until I actually saw the image on Google, it was just like, oh wow, that's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and apparently he had one match, which he lost. Oh. He uh, apparently was good friends with old uh, Shane Mac, and yeah. Um, yeah, one of the reasons that it was deemed best for him to move on was because they uh, uh, hung out a lot together. Hmm. Yeah, so Dreamer eventually, like I said, he got the promo. Um, said, "Yeah, go back to WWE." Um, and send them a message from ECW saying they call Kiss Our Ass. They started ECW chant. We went to Joey Style, who announced the passing of Eddie Gilbert. Yeah, this was a nice little... I think the show could have opened like this, but I thought it was a nice little um, memorial. I don't know if you want to call it a tribute video. Yeah, a little um, tribute video. I mean, obviously, I think... I'm guessing it was his highlight what was... Um, is it Summer Sizzler against Terry Funk in the big sort of street fighty? Yeah, that that was probably the the highlight of say Eddie Gilbert's run in ECW. Obviously, in other federations, they had cool matches with Muta and stuff like that. But from what we saw in ECW, I'd say that was yeah, that was the highlight. Hot stuff international. Yeah, hot stuff international. Um, we then get obviously back to Oreo Cookie when he called out nine one one from last week. Nothing. See, this is my issue. I, I, I thought that the, um, the the video package was very good. I thought mentioning it was absolutely the right thing to do, um, even though there was a little bit of an acrimonious split between ECW and uh, Eddie Gilbert. Um, weird placement for me. I can understand this being at the very beginning of the show. I can understand this being at the very end of the show. For it to be somewhere in the last third yeah, and then we're into yeah. highlight packages again. Yeah. Just felt really weird. Yeah, agreed. It could have the show could have opened with it. Yeah, massively. Could have done that. We did have another Benoit promo. Nothing we haven't heard before. He's still rubbing those hands. I thought that was a repeat. I didn't couldn't work out if it's the same promo from two weeks ago or new. I felt that everyone he's done though, to be honest. So that's what happened. We then get um, Paulie Dangerously comes out, talks about Sabu, Taz, Malenko, Benoit, and how the public enemy are fuming and you're going to turn up and shit's going to hit the fan. Yes. Um, again, it's a very weird kind of build-up for the public enemy coming back and what they're going to do. And, and But they're going to be in the building, so that's the main thing. 
uh, and that's two weeks now that they've not been on TV. So I'm I'm pleased. Um, we then get Sandman Cactus Jack from last week. We see the Sandman get beaten up where he got his brain concussion. Yeah, they're still specifying that it is brain, just in case you worried about his ankle. Ankle concussion. Uh, Joey Styles gives us a final rundown of the card before the show ends with credits. Yeah, and that takes us through out of episode 96. Yeah, is there any... Obviously, we spoke about the Douglas. I can't say there's any really standout bits from this, really. No. Um, so the Raven Dreamer thing is... is kind of simmering away but hasn't done anything yet yeah um uh the the shane douglas thing took up three quarters of the episode and didn't really progress anything it just kind of gave you the history of the franchise um and then everything else was video packages either of of in respect of Hot stuff's passing, or of um, of the the matches and angles they've already done. So it was a really weird filler show. I wouldn't even mind it if the match that we did actually got was like decent, but it wasn't good. So really, it was like a, it was a poor episode for me. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. If the, if the match was really good, then kind of okay, you forget like you've just watched a. 30 minute promo but when it's bad just like wow I've just I've just really watched a bad episode we're going backwards um yeah I'd agree with that but again I just think it's, it's there to that they, they're getting ratings let, let's show who our champ is it, it just felt like I know Garrett would keep saying it but 30, 30 minutes and talking about the competition and I know WWE were very good at not making out the competition even existed. ECW just kind of don't even abide by those rules and let's just tell everyone about all the other organisations around. And obviously, if you're new to wrestling, it may even make you go, well, who is this Ric Flair guy? Obviously, if he's paying attention, I may need to ca- I may need to like check him out. Who is this? <laughs> obviously, everyone knows who Hulk Hogan is. <laughs> I think... Who's Muhammad Ali? I might start watching boxing. Too late. Um, I mean, yeah. it's like I said, it just it made you curious what was going on on the other shows. It would, wouldn't it? Like, it's the whole, yeah, it just, yeah, it, it, it just, it was just a, eh, episode. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. Um, I guess that brings us to the end of the show. I think it does. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Again, make sure you like, subscribe, share. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at underscore sports arena. That is us. Um, yeah, zazzle.co.uk. Go over there or .com. Go check out sports arena. Check out some shirts. There's always some designs up there. Like the where I can get there, which I think is relevant again after this episode. And um, yeah, I'm Paul. That's Jay. That's Griff. Thank you very much. So um, I struggled with the song this week, um, but uh, then again, I struggled with the episode this week. So that probably works out nicely. Um, but I did feel that 
listening to franchise talk us through the last 18 months in ECW. It all felt a bit familiar after we've watched it and lived it. Um, and it felt like it was history repeating. So who better than the propeller heads uh, featuring Sher- Miss Shirley Bassey uh, to tell us about history repeating. Griff. The word is about there's something evolving. Whatever may come, the world keeps revolving. They say the next big thing is here, that the revolution's near. But to me, it seems quite clear. That's it's all just a little bit of history repeating. The newspapers shout a new style is growing, but it don't know if it's coming or going. There is fashion, there is fad. Some is good, some is bad. And the joke rather sad that it's all just a little bit of history repeating. I hate you, Ric Flair. Good night, all.